What is up, Low Voltage Nation? We've got Robert Lewis. He started a company called Audio Video Excellence. They do commercial and residential audio visual and security systems. He's in his home theater right now, so we're about to get after We've it. We've got Robert Lewis from Audio Video Excellence on the show right now. We are about to talk all about what he's got going on. Uh, I reached out to him via Instagram because he was recommended, uh, I forget by who, but somebody said, have him on the show. And um, so I reached out, he agreed, and here we are. So, hey, Robert, thank you so hey, much no. for, for, for jumping on, man. I know it's a little bit with late where I am, but uh, actually, where are you located, first and foremost? Well, we're on the East Coast just outside Atlanta. So it's even later for me. Oh, wow. So yeah, but eight, eight <laughs> o'clock. So yeah, I, pr I appreciate you hopping on, man. And uh, man, we, we've been digging in to the pregame stuff and I've been looking at all your social media accounts, your website. You got some really cool stuff going on. We had a really solid chat, but I want to kick it over to you and uh, ask about the history. Take us back to day one when you started, you know, unplugging stuff and plugging it back in. <laughs> We we could go way back. We it depends on how much time we got. I, I mean, as a kid, I was the guy that took apart the alarm clock and connected the speakers to it just to make it louder because I'd be late for the bus and I got tired of getting in trouble. Um, you know, mom got sick of us watching too much TV on our 13 inch black and white, so she cut the cord, and uh, I would splice it back together. You know, that that was the kid that I was. Um, but no, I, I've been in the business since 98. I actually started it with a cable company, a local mom and pop cable company north of Atlanta. Um, and um, they were an internet provider that was trying to launch cable modem services in north Atlanta when 56K and 33.6 um, dial-up was your fastest speed. So it was kind of interesting getting in at that ground floor. It was, you know, a three-employee empl cable company. And... Um, you know, getting to, to launch with them and sit and learn and listen to guys who obviously knew a lot more than I did. Um, and then from there, I actually started a company called Data Connections. When I was 18 years old, I brought a buddy of mine in who built computers his whole life. And so I was the wire monkey and knew how to pull wire, grew up in a construction family, and he was the computer nerd. And so we started pulling wire in, in offices and homes on a Saturday. And we'd go out at 18, 19 years old, making, you know, 1500 bucks on a Saturday. And that was really, you know, kind of the launch. And then I met a guy in our industry in Atlanta. He had just moved his company down from Pennsylvania. He met with me. He ended up hiring my buddy instead of me. And so I went out and found his biggest competitor and went to work for them. And that was really my launch 99, I guess, in the actual AV industry, if you will. So I've been in this 21 years now. 21 years, yeah. So we, we, uh, we <laughs> yeah, that's a long, that's a long time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, hold on, let me think about that for a second. Yeah. But you're you're pretty young though, aren't you? You're in your 30s or 40s? How old are you? I, I am. I, I'm 38. That's what I thought. Yeah. Just kind of you, you were kind of dating, not dating yourself, but you were talking about 56K modems. And I was like, and you were like, oh, yeah, I was growing up with 56, 56K modems. I was like, that, this guy's not that old. It's actually my age. <laughs> and black and white TVs. No, we were just poor. So we had yeah. dial up and black and white TVs. <laughs> that's funny. So we talked about, uh, you know, the five year growth that's happened. Uh, last five years and and what challenges you face and you're talking about you know key person dependency but kind of talk about what's happened in the last last five years for audio video excellence 
So, yeah, so about five years ago, I brought in a CFO, um, really kind of started as a director of operations, and then she grew into handling all the financials of the business. And um, really one of the key launching points for, for this whole, I guess you could say, let me back up a little bit, eliminating that key person dependency was, was simply that I was, if I went on vacation, we didn't make money. If if I didn't make sales, we, we didn't make money. And and there was a lot of, you know, we all get that one big project. That's a really good project. And you go kill yourself on that project for a year. And then you wake up one day and the job's done. And the last, the final check comes in and you pay all your bills and you go, Oh wait, now I got to go out and hunt and peck for food again. And, um, it, it was really about trying to eliminate key person dependency. So for five years we grew from a, a two, three employee company to a 37 employee company. Um, we had 24 seven tech support. One of the things we were chasing was, was RMR trying to get reoccurring revenue. And, you know, in our industry, it's, it's always been, you go after security clientele or you get uh, maintenance contracts, which is always a tricky, sticky road trying to can get your client to understand what a maintenance contract is and what they're actually getting for it. Right. Um, I think that's changed over the years because people are used to having a monthly bill with pretty much everybody. I mean, heck Best Buy is doing it now. Um, but you know, as we started growing, I start hiring people. I, I hire project managers. I promote the pro- program managers. I hire salespeople. I, I start bringing in all this staff to eliminate my need to be in the field every day to, to go swing a hammer. We had a big project just north of Atlanta that, that literally occupied me for a year. We would be there from six in the morning before traffic and we'd leave at two in the morning and we would wire this building and, and handle every, you know, hurdle that was thrown our way, but it occupied me for a year. And it was just one of those things where you go, you know what, I got to step back. I need salespeople. I need staff. I need technicians. Um, but over that five year growth, we, we really ran into a lot of production issues where, Something as simple as white electrical tape. I had a guy that was ordering white tape at four bucks a roll instead of giving pre-wire guys black tape at 50 cents a roll. You know, but when you got eight crews running at two guys a crew and 16 guys in the field and they're pre-wiring, you know, 15 houses a week and they're pre-wiring with white tape. Now, all of a sudden, I have a $600 electric electric tape bill (laughs) a week. You know, I'm spending $2,400 a month on electrical tape. And and you start start really whittling down and seeing what this process is costing and creating. And um, I I had to take a step back. And uh, I I also realized that I was kind of just pushing paper and doing paperwork and hiring and firing, and that was my daily routine, and I hated it. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. a technician at heart. I like to build things. I like to see the kids. There, there's a conversation about the why. And if you ask yourself, why do you do what you do? My answer was always to see the family's eyes light up when that room goes boom and bang for the first time. You know, when you <laughs> literally crank the room up for the first time and you're like, and it plays that big THX theme across the screen. And then all of a sudden the door creaks open and it's a little kid's eyes and mom's standing above him. And, and they're going, oh, my gosh, what was that? That's really why I do what I do. I and, and I lost it. And I lost it. So I, so I kind of scaled back. We're down to four employees now. Um, our, our profits have jumped 34 points. We actually ended 2018 at a negative 11% um, yeah. with the amount of bodies I was trying to support. And wow. uh, so I restructured, restructured how we pay people. I've got three contractors that I use and, and four in-house employees. And 
we're happy. <laughs> I w- that was actually my next question. Like, are you happier now? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. My wife, a lot of this, and, and we spoke of, of my wife, she handles our marketing department. Um, she, uh, she mentioned to me probably a year ago now, she said, you know, I just want my husband back. She's like, I don't care what it takes. If you yeah. want to go stack produce at Publix, if that makes <laughs> you happy, I want you back. And yeah. I, I have to think stacking produce at Publix is probably a pretty stress-free job, but, um, no. I, it just, I wasn't the same person. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. You know, and, uh, I wanted to enjoy, I wanted to enjoy what we do again and why I do what I do. Man, that, that is so cool. That, that's one of the missions, you know, around what I'm doing is to help people find fulfillment in the, in their day to day. You know, if, if it's taking less money or making more money doing something amazing, then let's, let's figure that out. That's, and hearing your story about how you kind of crack that code, um, getting away from doing that paper pushing and then getting kind of, you know, back into your technical roots and, uh, optimizing stuff. That's such a great story, man. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Well, and I tell you the, the really, the craziest thing that I saw, and if, you know, if you're in it for the money in any business, you're not going to get there. You're, you're, you're going <laughs> to fail every time. Yeah. And, um, but what I saw was the customer's and we all, I, I hope most of us know this, you know, your customer really wants to see you. They want to know you're there for them. If they wanted a big box group, they would go to one of the big box stores. Right. And, um, and they hire you as a custom integrator of somebody who's really going to understand and appreciate their needs. And I saw the customer's eyes light up a lot more. I saw people were happier. We didn't get customer complaints. We, you know, we've literally gotten back to our roots as to what we loved as a business. And, so we're seeing happy clients with successful projects with profit coming in and happy employees. And I mean, what more can you ask for? Yep. That's uh, that's it right there. I'm, uh, I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking at a picture on Instagram and it's 12 weeks Uh-oh. ago. I think it's, yeah, <laughs> it's not, it's a good one. It's uh, it's you, I think it's you. And I think it's, I think it's April and uh, you guys are smiling and that was 12 weeks ago. So you guys look really happy. That's good. There you go. <laughs> nice. Gotcha. <laughs> We got proof. <laughs> yeah, pr- there's proof that we're happy. I got it. That's awesome. Um, yeah, t- uh, we, t- we talked about a, a funny story. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about your Jerry Springer uh, flipping the switch story, or maybe oh, maybe you have another one that's like <laughs> a funny story in the field. <laughs> well, and and that one was was really really long ago, and I know we have all those crazy stories. I mean, I, when I was I was doing an install one time on a lighthouse. And we needed to get a camera on the lighthouse. And so we, I used Mini 5. And again, I'm going to date myself. If you know what Mini 5 is, that 5 coax small RG58U in one black jacket that used to run component with horizontal vertical. Um, I took a piece of Mini 5 and made a harness out of it and tied myself off to a column gutter system so that I could suspend myself out over this lighthouse to mount this camera. So that was a crazy scenario, <laughs> but, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, you, you, you do what you got to do to get the job done. Um, funny. the, um, what was it? What was it that you were asking me? I'm sorry. The, the story you were just well, talking about, it was, it was like the, a Jerry Springer. I think like you were young, oh, the, the cable company I was working for. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, uh, that when I started with that cable company and I'm 17, 18 years old, I would sit in this, call center and we this is literally two cable modem customers in north georgia in north atlanta and so i would sit with a network admin from two to six so i would get out of class and i would come to 
uh, the cable company and I'd sit there with our network admin and listen to him and pick his brain, learn everything that I could. And then he would leave at six and I would be tech support. I'm doing air quotes um, until 11 PM. And um, this, the system pretty self-regulated. There'd be a happy face if they, if their modem was working and a frowny face, if their modem wasn't working. And I would send Alex, the network admin, a, uh, a text message if something went crazy and he'd log in and he'd fix their modem remotely if he could. And if he couldn't, we'd roll a truck the next day. And, um, the cool thing was, was the cable company also had all their broadcast gear in that, in that IT room where I did tech support. And so behind me was a rack of all, you know, 200 channels that they offered at the time. And I could see every broadcast on every modulator decoder, whatever the device was that was taking the, the satellite signal and turning it into cable. And Jerry Springer was in its heyday in 97, 98. And so I, I would go right before the fight would break out and I would flip a switch and it would literally kill the broadcast and send it to white snow. But I could still see the broadcast in the head end. And then as soon as the fight was broken up and everybody's back in their seat, I'd flip the switch and turn it back. on. I don't know if that story's going to get me in trouble someday. I don't but, know, uh, man. It was, it was, uh, I think it, <laughs> it was I think a riot. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually got pictures of Jerry Springer uh, fight scenes on on the on the YouTube uh, video. I well, hope it fortunately I hope it that gets you in trouble. I hope it doesn't. <laughs> well, that cable company's out of business anyway. They sold out to a big group for like four billion dollars. So good for him. Yeah, but, um, it's not like he did it like last year. This is a while ago. Right? Yeah, twenty years ago. I think there's a statute of limitations on shutting off Jerry Springer fights. That's. Did I lose you? So there's um there's this uh, S- SBDC uh, Small Business Development Corporation, and uh, you you mentioned that that was that was um really beneficial to your career and kind of getting you in front of a lot of different people. Uh, can you tell me more about that? Yeah, so it's it's a group that was put on by UGA, the University of Georgia, and uh, it's called the SBDC. Small Business Development Coalition. And basically what they do is if you're a landscape company and you want to know how to grow your business, they team you up with someone in a similar profession or your profession that spent a lot of time in the landscape world. So in my world, we we had a, a, a guy that was kind of my advisor who was um, a, a top level, upper, le- upper level exec for Panasonic USA for 20 plus years. And he was my go-to advisor. And um the cool thing was, was that I could call him, text him, talk to him. I mean, how often do you get access to the CEO of Panasonic Right. or, you know, at your beck and call. And, um, and then he also had the, the market research and the ability to take information from UGA. And it was a completely free program that he could say, okay, let's look at your industry. And we'd look at the electronics industry and he'd say, oh, well, yeah, your industry's growing at a 7.2% rate every year. It's a great business to be in as opposed to the tanning salon business and, you know, where it's dropping or whatever the case may be. And um, so we did combine the the market research with his knowledge of kind of the tech industry and then what my hopes and dreams were. And, and, you know, in part of our conversation we had earlier, I was talking about how, um, you know, they start with my processes. And one of the things that we discovered, you know, my advisor, his name was Benny. So Benny says to me, you know, let's find the holes in your sales process. And he would take each thing, your sales process, your production process, your, your collecting money process, whatever the case may be. 
And I'd say, oh, no, our, our sales are solid. We're really good. We have a great process. And in an hour, he finds five holes in my process. And then we move to production, and we find 60 holes in an hour in our process. And, right. and so going through these different things and understanding what it is that your business is and isn't capable or where you think you want to take it, um, you know, one of my goals going into that program was to eliminate key person dependency, uh, making sure that if one guy takes a vacation, that there's other people there to back it up. And so we found the processes to do that. We talked about hiring people and what we needed. He even connected us with people that either needed jobs or I actually hired my accountant off of a referral from him. Um, you know, just, just fantastic connections. And then he actually had such faith in us that he took us into a group called GrowSmart. Um, UGA does this program called GrowSmart. They also have one called StartSmart. GrowSmart Grow was um, basically you had to be in business for a certain number of years and meet certain sales criteria to be accepted into that program because they wanted to know that you were established and that you had these problems. They didn't want somebody sitting in the class saying, uh, how do I get my business license? You know, so that would be more your start smart program. And so what that did was it put me in the room in a room every single week for seven weeks with 14 other business owners. They were builders and architects and lawyers and whatever from all different walks of life, but they're small to medium sized business owners with the same goals and same aspirations. And it really held us all accountable while we learned how to, to, to patch all the holes in our business. The fantastic program is free of charge and most colleges or municipalities have uh, some service similar to that. So I would challenge other guys in our industry to go out and reach out to, you know, find out what their SBDC has to offer. So something like Grow Smart and Start Smart, you're telling me that a lot of times municipalities and, and colleges, universities have these programs for free available. Hundred percent. Wow. Hundred percent. I've, I've never even heard of this, and this is actually that's actually really good advice. It's, um, it's pretty cool, man. Thanks for sharing. All right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. So we t- we we talked about uh, your flashlight, screwdriver, <laughs> tape measure, and cell phone. That's your everyday carry. So what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with those tools? Uh, and like, are you, you're getting on site and scoping out projects or doing some work? What's, what's your day-to-day look like with those? Well, with the staff that we have, I really don't do as many installs anymore. I'll go in and, and handle some programming needs and things like that. But, um, you know, when I go into a sales call and someone says, and you take it as basic as I'm going to hang a TV, um, when you walk in that sales call, don't ask that client for a tape measure. You know, when they say, what size TV can you fit above my fireplace? Um, You know, be prepared and have that tape measure. And, you know, I have a flashlight because a screwdriver, because first thing I'm going to do is pull a blank plane off the wall and figure out is there a Cat 6 in that, or a Cat 5 in that blame control location. And I need the flashlight so I can look in the attic and see if I can retro the lines that they're asking me to retro, Uh, which kind of leads into our sales process, one of the key things that I've discovered, and you and I touched on it in our pregame, was about setting expectations. Part of what I do in my sales process is I tell that customer exactly what that room is going to cost them. When I walk in there in that first 15 minutes, that's my estimate. I walk in and, they say, and, and I don't ask them, what's your budget? Because we all know that either they don't have a clue or their buddy Bill down the street built this really great room he got from Costco with these speakers that have a handle on the top of the box. And 
you know, he paid 2500 bucks and he's got this great room because it's the biggest screen they've ever seen. But we all know that that room is 12 to 15 grand without seating, right. you know. And, and so when I talk to people, I say, how many seats do you want in the room? Oh, my gosh, we have a big family. We want eight chairs and we're thinking some beanbag chairs. Cool. I can help you with those seats. It's probably going to run you about 20 grand for the chairs. And they go, oh, my God, what? 20 grand. And you get over all of these things by setting these expectations. At the yep. beginning. When I talk to them about projectors, I say, do you want 4K? We all did that. Do you want 1080p? The, you know, the, these conversations. Do you want 3D? Oh, that 4K projector is going to cost you five grand. And they go, what? Five grand? I saw this one over here that, that Epson has for 2200 bucks. They go, no, that's what we call Fokay. You, know, you just you have these conversations, you set these expectations. So at the end of that conversation, I could say, hey, Mr. Customer, what you just described to me is 40 grand. And they go, oh my gosh, I didn't anticipate spending that. And then they throw a number at you and then you build them a proposal. Or they say, oh, okay. Sounds good. You build them a $39,900 proposal, and guess what? You just sold the job because you met their expectation. You told them yep. what it was going to take. As yep. opposed to taking all these notes, leaving the house, and going, I'll be back with you in a week and send you a proposal. Now you're shooting in the dark, and you're throwing this Hail Mary $40,000 room out there, and the customer's going to have a heart attack, and you're <laughs> reaching out to other people on the internet to find somebody else to give them a quote. So, Yeah, that's... That, um... That's why I do that due diligence in the walkthrough yeah. with a flashlight and a screwdriver and a tape. I, I promise you, I was getting back to that place. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, we it's good. But I got to ask you something real quick. Um, sure. Did something, well, did something change with, with the audio? Because it sounds like you're on speakerphone or maybe it's like a bad connection. I'm not sure if something changed on oh, your end. Yeah. So one of my AirPods died in the middle of us talking. Hold on. Yeah, I just it kind of got like a there change, we go. A lot. like the audio changed a lot, and it got kind of like echoey. I heard of uh, oh. pretty much all of what you said is just kind of weird, weird sounding. How, how are we now? Does it sound good now? It sounds better. Yeah, so that's good. But okay. yeah, so, yeah. So thank, thanks for sharing all that because uh, that's so important to, to come into a site and like be prepared. You know, take the notes. You know, customer says something, take those notes. Have the tool to take the measurement. You know, come in there. You know, with with you know a, a action plan, and you can be like, here, here's the expectation, here's the price. Boom, the customer's like, all right, cool. Um, it's a little expensive, but you got your stuff together. You're going to sell more stuff. You're going to, you're going to set those expectations and be a lot more successful. So that's just my totally. opinion. Cool, man. Uh, productivity. What else, what else do I have? Oh. Uh, what else do you have? <laughs> so we, we mentioned, uh, you, or you mentioned Monday.com, uh, I think is the product. I, I've mm -hmm. seen it on the internet kind of popping up on like advertising, but you're using that for like scheduling or what are you using Monday for? So we're using that for project tracking. Our scheduling is using Google Calendar for scheduling because I can send out my invites to the to the appointments of the client directly from it. Monday communicates directly to it. So if I put something in Monday and give it a date and a time, it automatically loads it to my Google Calendar. Um, and then we use it for project tracking. So we have different categories or boards, if you will, in Monday. And we have a board that says new leads. So if April's at the office and she answers the phone, excuse me, um, and she answers the phone, then she'll put a new lead in Monday and she'll say, hey, it's George Smith. His phone number is 123. His address is this. Here's his email. And then a note about what he's interested in. And if it's somebody that specifically asked for me or asked for Joey, asked for one of our techs, 
then she'll put a note in there and she'll tag that person just like you would on social media. And then Mm -hmm. I would get a notification that says, Hey, April put something about you. And I'd get a text message and an email saying April put a piece of information in Monday. Um, you know, the, the only confusing part for me is simply when I say, Hey, it's on Monday. And the guys go, well, wait, today's Tuesday, you know, and oh. you're like, no, on the Monday.com. So it's kind of oh. a bad name. That is but, a bad uh, name. Holy smokes. We joke about it now. It's like, it's on Monday. All right, cool. So I'll see you on Monday. <laughs> yes. Perfect. I, they, so, yeah, I guess they, I guess they didn't have a meeting about that, about <laughs> the confusion that would ensue by calling it a day of the week and it's a productivity <laughs> tool. Yeah. So, the other interesting good. thing about it too, is that it starts your week on Monday. And so it's, Monday through Sunday, as opposed to Sunday through Saturday on the calendar. So all the calendars we've all come to know and love over the decade are Sunday to Saturday. This calendar starts on Monday. So that took a little getting used to, but it still throws it in my Google calendar correctly gotcha. at the right date and time. So so proposals and bids, uh, you're using yep. D-Tools and you like D-Tools. Tell me about that. I do. It's a little expensive and it took a lot to get it set up. But again, over the years, we've really been able to fine tune it to exactly what we want. So as an example, if I sell a Sonos play bar, then it automatically asks me, do you want a play bar mount and do you want the toggle bolts to hold it? And so it throws it in the proposal automatically. It doesn't give me the option. You can remove it if you want to, but it basically allows me to just automatically not forget things. And so we have different packages set up where when I sell a TV hang and I throw a Sony TV in a project, it says, do you want a mount? You want a tilt mount? Because primarily we're throwing tilt mounts up, right? And so I say, no, I'll delete the mount because I need an articulating mount for this one. So I just uncheck the box and boom, throw it in the system. What's great about it is my proposals are nice. They're clean. They're broken out by room. They're broken out by system. So every single product that goes in there gives me the ability to to break out that space. And what's cool is because I'm an open book for the client and I already told them on my initial setting expectations walkthrough that it's a $40,000 room, they see a grand total. They see all the product that goes in the room. I'm not trying to hide anything. When people come to me and say, hey, you know, oh, well, your price is this. I tell them it's my price because I know what it takes for me to stay in business and be here to service you after the fact. And so, and then Tools is just a pretty proposal. Um, it also preloads with God, 70, 80% of manufacturers out there. And so if you sell true audio speakers and you want to add in, um, you know, a 6.2 black, it automatically has it loaded with the photo, the description, the MSRP, you throw your own, you know, cost in there, whatever you may have to make a few pricing changes as you load stuff in. But I would say 80, 90% of the product we sell is preloaded in details for me. And so it's really, really quick and easy. I can build a $100,000 proposal in 15 minutes. Cool. Yeah. What is your, uh, what's your bread and butter? Like, what do you guys do most now? Cause I see on your, on your website, you do residential commercial security systems. What are you doing the most installs of? Uh, we're probably about 70, 75% commercial right now. We did 30 oh, okay. car dealerships last year. Okay. Um, entertainment venues, um, restaurants. We, we just, we were actually at a restaurant until three o'clock in the morning last night, um, <laughs> <laughs> this morning, uh, yeah. doing acoustical panels in the ceiling of a restaurant that we did all their audio video in and their security system and their cameras, things like that. But yeah, we're about 75% commercial. Cool. 
are you doing stuff mostly in Atlanta or just kind of all over that area? Um, so primarily in Atlanta, we, yeah. we really have done work all over the Southeast. We're actually next week going to be up in Charlotte at a car dealership up there. Um, we did their initial showroom work last month. Now we're coming back cause the construction's almost done on the service center. Cool. Um, we did, we've done car dealerships in Miami. We did parking garages in Chicago. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we'll go where the money is. <laughs> Word. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, Robert. Um, I guess the, the, the punchline and the moral of the story is, well, you've been in the game for 20 some years, um, and you are successful. You're happy, which is good. And your advice is expectation management for, for the listener. Um, we kind of went over that a little bit, but is there anything else you want to talk about in terms of like expectation management and how to be successful? Cause obviously you're, you're good at what you do. Um, how can other people follow that similar path? Um, I guess it'd be twofold. I guess if you're the owner and you're listening to this podcast, I mean, especially if you're a new owner or a young owner who's coming into it, um, I, I think one of the biggest mistakes that I made was um, hiring fast and firing slow. Mm. Um, and I mean, I mean it in the nicest way, but I would bring in people because I go, oh my gosh, we closed all these big jobs. We're super busy. Bring these guys in, pay them tons of money right? Sure. We've got money today. And yeah. then I started struggling with how do I support this staff? And how do I keep these guys hungry? How do I keep these guys busy? How do I keep these guys motivated? How do I keep this stuff growing and doing what it's supposed to do? And, um, and you really should hire slow and, and, and fire fast. Uh, unfortunately, it's one of those things that if it's a, if it's a you or them or a me or them scenario, it, it's going to have to be me um, to keep that machine rolling sure. to continue to grow. Um, but I spent a lot of sleepless nights trying to figure out, you know, how to make payroll, how to pay taxes. I mean, you know, 941 filings are no joke. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's, uh, it's one of those things. But as a technician, I mean, again, 20 years in the business, man, I think the biggest thing that keeps us all coming back is that it's a, it's a dynamic industry. It changes yep. every single day. I'm still Absolutely. learning things every single day. And, and listen to, you know, even the young guys coming in. Uh, we've got a guy on our staff who's 19 and he spent, um, you know, his whole life. I mean, literally since he was five as a mechanic and was welding forks on his four wheeler as a kid and, and <laughs> built race cars and, and was on an automotive engine team in his high school. And, you know, but coming into it, the, the, the problem solving abilities that he's got really brings a lot of opportunity and solution to the older guys in my company and, you know, if everybody is on the same goal, which is get the job done successfully, profitably, and keep the client happy, then, you know, you gotta, you gotta absorb that information as a technician, listen to the other people around you because they might have a pretty good idea. Yep. Audio video excellence. Uh, you have a pretty strong Instagram account and you are actually on nearly all of the social media sites. So if you go to your website, uh, there's a lot going on there. Uh, April's done a great job uh, doing all that stuff. Um, so yeah, is, is there anything else that we can uh, we can kind of plug for you or just check out your, your online presence? Uh, what else you got going on? Yeah, I mean, check us out. We, our YouTube channel, we're updating videos all the oh, time. Man. We just, we have unboxing videos. Um, so audio yeah. video excellence on YouTube, go and subscribe. 
We do unboxing videos of new speakers. We try to bring in all the new products. We bring in a lot of different stuff, a lot of crazy things that we just really want to try out um, and see if it's going to be a fit. And, and so, you know, we can kind of use our, you know, experience and budget, if you will, to, uh, to bring in some goods. I mean, one example, we're, we now have the new Hisense short throw laser in our showroom, and we're the North Atlanta showroom for it. And what's cool about it is it's half the price of some of the other guys out there. It, it looks good. It's got a great warranty on it. And so that conversation, we did an unboxing video of it. And, you know, they said, hey, we'll stick it in your showroom for six months and won't charge you anything. Let us know what you think. And so we've got a lot of videos on our YouTube channel. Also, check out our Instagram. Um, our stories are updating all day, every day. So hopefully you don't get too bored, you know, <laughs> hearing my voice and seeing our faces. But um, we really we really try to get a little crazy with it. I think we posted a video yesterday, and uh, we're eating ice cream on the job watching glue dry. You know, yeah. So it may not be very exciting, <laughs> but it was really I, good ice cream. I actually watched that video today. It's did funny. You? <laughs> did you? Awesome. Yeah, I did. But yeah, I'm actually I'm scrolling through all of your stuff right now. I followed your company on LinkedIn. I liked your Facebook page. I went You're on my Twitter. hero. <laughs> I went on Twitter and I followed you on Twitter. Um, went to your personal account, followed you on your personal account, then went oh, to your chief. I went to it's <laughs> and then I went to your YouTube channel and I subscribed and I hit the bell so I get notifications. Boom. Blake, you are absolutely my hero. And April's <laughs> gonna be so excited. I'm telling so, you. For everybody um, else, uh follow that path that I just took and go and hit all those buttons that I just hit. <laughs> hey, and we'll follow you back. We'll like you back, we'll follow you back. Let's do this. I mean Honestly, I, there's one other piece I could throw in here. It's simply yeah, appreciating appreciating your competition. Uh, it's so funny to me because Atlanta is a big, yeah. big market. And yeah. it's very rare that I come across competition. And I have so many friends in our business that, mm -hmm. that do what we do. And I'm telling you, the, the ability to, to call up a buddy and go, hey, man, you got a mount I can buy off of you. Hey, do you have yeah. do you happen to have a Sonos amp laying around that I could buy off of you? And they come to us and they do it. They buy from us. And 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 having that community understanding that we're not really here to compete with each other if we're all doing good business and you take a card from storage properties right all these storage unit facilities they sit and meet no joke gas station owners they sit and meet and go what should the price be today if we could all do that and kind of help keep a lock on our industry and work together it, it'll it'll work out better for all of us that, I'm, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's kind of one of the common denominators with with a lot of the people that I talk with around. Like, there's no competition. We're a community, and and I want to really be part of that and help grow the community. Be like right at the epicenter of it and bring people <clears> together in a healthy and productive way. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Awesome. That's what I'm yep. here for. Yes, Full of good ideas. <laughs> All right, cool, man. Well, hey, I know it's getting late, and it, uh, it's it's time to time to wrap it up. So I really appreciate it. There Robert. you go. Yep. All right, perfect, man. Blake. I really appreciate what you're doing, and keep keep getting out there and grinding. If you guys aren't um, following Low Voltage Nation and everything Blake's doing, man, he's a man about town with all sorts of good content. <laughs> so uh, everybody, get out there, and we're gonna push you. Trust me. If if, if uh, I know anything, April's gonna get out there and push that content. So that's awesome. Um, Thanks, Looking Abe. forward to it. <laughs> All right. Take care, man. See ya. All right. Great. Thanks so much, Blake. Bye.